All right, welcome to Equal Time Soccer. We are here alongside Annie Williams and soon to be alongside Maggie Smither, two former South Dakota State stars who we are fully claiming as Minnesotans today because in Annie's case, she is from Cottage Grove, so there's no, we're not stretching at all. You're literally a Minnesotan. We're, we're claiming you full-blooded. And in Maggie's case, she played for Mankato for at least one season in the WPSL. So for the rest of her life, I will say she's a Minnesotan. She's like, we're taking her in 100% <laughs> claiming full credit stateside. And so Annie, and, and I should say, they're in Iceland. There's a time difference. That is part of what's going on here. But Annie, thank you so much for being here. And when Maggie comes in, we'll thank her too. But thanks so much for being willing to, to join us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You you might be our most frequent guest on this show. I think maybe only Steph Galan, the Gophers <laughs> coach, has been on more than you. You have been on a few times, so I'm assuming maybe some of our uh, viewers, listeners, fans uh, know your deal. You have done, obviously, I mentioned you grew up in Cottage Grove. You started at South Dakota State, but you we've interviewed you specifically because you had a stint in Costa Rica when you were doing sort of your, what I would describe for a D1 fall athlete as like your, your post semester, we're in the spring or summer, you were in Costa Rica and you played in the league there. Then you went back a second time because you just love the beach. Anyone who follows Annie on Instagram knows she just like crushes beach content. She's rocking like surf gear, everything. She's like all in. So you were back in Costa Rica a second time, and then obviously COVID is happening. All this stuff is happening. So now you're in Iceland, and I only learned that when I was cold messaging you, and I just said, hey, how's it going? What are you up to? And you're like, I'm in Iceland too. I'm also over here playing pro soccer. You had no splashy announcement. So talk about how the the offer and the deal came together for you to go over there and play specifically. Apparently, you only play in like very incredible locations so talk about how the deal to play in iceland uh came together and and the team you're playing for and all that stuff yeah um for sure i think every story with me is always like a long story it's not just like a okay i decided to go here and then annie went there it's always just this like roundabout way of getting to where i am where like sometimes i'm even surprised that i'm in a certain place you know but Basically, when I came home from Costa Rica, the plan was kind of like up in the air. I had a couple um, couple things that I wanted to like go do or maybe places that I wanted to go trial in. Um, but at that time, the second wave of COVID hit pretty hard. Um, and so I was just trying to wait it out. Like I was still training. I um, ended up working for a while at Pure Vida. We uh, hold on. We'll we'll pause there. Yeah. We will pause at Annie letting us know that during the second wave of COVID, stuff was really scary and shitty. All of us know that, so we're glad you reminded us of that. And we are going to bring in Maggie. Thank you so much for being here, Maggie. I should say, both both of these women have dealt with really bizarre direct messages from me to try and <laughs> confirm and triple confirm both the time difference and the they are they're busy professional athletes and so maggie you're coming from a game yeah i i literally just got in my door and opened up to that, get on so. you 
and so you are a hero, Annie, you are a hero, obviously. So we were uh, we're just talking to Annie about sort of how her deal to head to Iceland happened. And then Maggie, we'll get to you right after that. So Annie, continue your story where I stopped you at the point where the second wave of COVID really sucked. Okay. Yeah. So basically second wave of COVID happens. Um, all of the plans that I had of like going to trial somewhere or like maybe finding a new team in like a short period of time, like all those were off the table. Um, so like I said, I ended up working for Pure Vita for quite a while until I got to work there and I trained there, um, ended up finding like some pickup to play in, just kind of like some random stuff that came together, like absolutely like great training, great playing. And so like all that time, I kind of had to go back to the drawing board. I actually got new representation. Mm -hmm. And um, once I got that new representation, I actually thought that me and my teammate, Katie Pingle, I thought we were going to go back to Costa Rica. Right. Yeah. And so I thought it was going to be any time in any time in January. And so we're just kind of like sitting there waiting to go to Costa Rica. And all of a sudden, another another plot twist, like plan change. And all of a sudden, I had this opportunity in Iceland. And it was like one week thought I was going to Costa Rica the next week it was like okay you have four days to pack your stuff get everything ready you're gonna go to Iceland in four days and right. I was like okay like perfect great I feel like in this kind of job like Meg you know this you really gotta be ready for anything and like roll with the punches if this is what you want to do <laughs> absolutely so I was game and I just packed all of my stuff up and I realized that like not only was I on an island, like Iceland is an island, you know, I'm on a smaller island off of Iceland. You're on, wait, you're playing for that team? I'm playing for IVV and Vestmanet. Annie, I have an entire question based only on that second island. I, like we are going to get into this. We are going to yes. get into this. Love that. Okay, so you're so you're playing for that team. So how did mm -hmm. so you got new representation? And if you, mm -hmm. by the way, if you want to shout them out, there's no one who wants to figure out the world of of weird, fringy women soccer agent. Uh -huh. That I have done so much digging on this. It is the most incredible because anyone who follows our stuff knows like how much of a grind women's soccer is already. So I, I find the agent part of that process to be maybe the most bizarre of anything in the entire world. So if, if you love this representation, you can also shout them out, but you got new representation. Mm -hmm. And then was it essentially a team just said, we want a certain type of player or how did that come together for you to actually go there? Mm -hmm. So a team was looking for a center back Mm -hmm. And it was like, I was like, okay, like I could do this. I played center back all the way up until college and then right. the outside back. Um, but I had no film as a center back. So I'm right. like, oh, like, will I fit? Um, but they ended up giving me like a chance. And right. that's really how I got here. Also, quick side note, I do want to shout out my agency, False Nine Group, Jack. He's the absolute best. Um, if anyone has questions about agencies, DM me. I'll tell you all about it. I would 20 out of 10 recommend Jack at full size. Wow. That's a, that's a heavy yeah. endorsement. That's super heavy. Mm -hmm. So and for those who don't know, a Annie made a couple of like, if you know, Annie, a lot of what she said makes a lot of sense, but Annie is a, is a tall athletic, like 
strong uh, outside back who I've always thought could maybe theoretically be a great like holding mid just because of your like stature and your frame and all that stuff and how you play. But I remember when you went to Costa Rica, you were getting asked to play a lot of different spots and all that. Mm -hmm. So I think you as a center back makes a lot of sense, especially mm -hmm. in a league where you can use your physicality. Yeah. But obviously for you, that changes sort of your frame of reference. It's like if you're used to being mm -hmm. an outside back, you get to always see the the field from like a, this side. And then mm -hmm. once you're a center back, you're like, oh shit, I'm in a fisheye lens and I have to see. So I love, so we will, we will. <laughs> so we we will dive into that for sure. But Maggie, let's let's pivot to you. I think um equal time fans maybe know you from the the Mankato announcement when I went down and saw you and, and interviewed you for a little bit, or because I constantly reference you as like the save percentage queen, um, as like people constantly talk about goals against for keepers, and I hate it because I, I don't know about keeping, I'm not an expert. But I personally think like the defense actually has much more to do with the goals against than the keeper. And so yeah. I constantly reference save percentage and you are just like an absolute monster on save percentage. So you're, you're like the example I give when people are like, oh, this keeper is doing so great. I'm like, well, their save percentage is like 800. Maggie Smithers had like 933 for her entire career at South Dakota. So I'm, constant, yes. I'm constantly just repping you super hard on Twitter. But <laughs> For those for those who don't know you, I mean you um, you've been trying to pursue pro stuff like since you graduated essentially, and you were teammates with Annie. But it's been like maybe the single weirdest time to try and pursue a new professional environment. And so, talk about sort of what you've been going through. Um, have you just been doing and keepers already so individual anyway? But have you been doing a lot of just individual stuff? Just talk about sort of what you've been doing since starring at South Dakota State for the Jackrabbits till now. Um, yeah, so I entered the draft, mm -hmm. and um, and obviously I had a couple tryouts. Um, didn't pan out, and then right wait, after. Wait, wait, don't don't paper over that. What are the, where were these tryouts? Um, the my I had a tryout with Orlando Pride. Yep. And um, that was a good learning experience. And then I was supposed to have one with Utah, and okay. then that I didn't end up going to that one. Um, but I think it was a really good learning experience going into um, starting a career in professional soccer. Um, I learned a lot and then COVID really, really hit right as soon as I got back from my pride tryout, like bad and everything just shut down. And I was like, oh no, because <laughs> I like everyone I would reach out to was like, oh, like, do you have like pro film? And I was like, no, I don't. And you're, and you're like, no, no one's playing right now. Yeah, I was like, there's, there's no games. There's no anything like that. And then I spent a really long time um, trying to find the right representation um, for me. Uh, and I think that was also, um, that's, it's like picking what school you're gonna go to, to play soccer. Um, it's, it's okay to be picky because these are the people that are putting you in your new home, your new environment. Right. Um, so you have to make sure that they can provide you everything that you need and that they're gonna represent you the best way that you deserve and that they're able to. Um, so who I ended up, I, I'm repped with PSC, mm -hmm. uh, with Simon specifically. And like Annie said, 20 out of 10, um, 
I am so lucky to have the agency representing me that I do. Um, and Simon has been nothing but amazing in making sure that this is the exact right fit for me, this club, this team, um, answering all my questions and um, all that kind of stuff. Right. And then, so then going from after COVID July, um, I started coaching with SDSU. Oh, cool. um, it's like the it was the easiest way to make sure that I was still in training environments. Um, I I can lift, I can do all that kind of stuff, and still see soccer from a completely different perspective. You could also be around and really big dog those young keepers. You could be like, hey, I'm I'm still here. Like, look out, Smithers in the house. No, it was fun to um, see my relationship grow in different ways with them, um, and. It's, I think it's definitely helped my game seeing soccer from the coaching perspective. I'm sure Annie can agree with that is it's completely different looking at it from the opposite end of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so just being able to break down stuff a completely different way has really helped. Um, and honestly, if I didn't take the assistant coaching at SDSU, I don't think I would be in Iceland because um, I had a lot of support from Brock and the coaches and the team and just making sure that I was in the best environment to get better that I could be. So right. everything, everything works out that way. And then um, Simon with PSC reached out with this opportunity in Iceland and it's been amazing. So that's great. Well, and you, so we said earlier, you just got done with the game. How did it go? You can, we're going to, cause tell you what, I, I will say this too. It's really, really hard to follow overseas teams online, um, not just because of like translation and all that stuff that people would expect, but just because these leagues don't always even have like websites. I mean, it's it's mm -hmm. honestly really hard. I try and find players like you and Annie and all these players who are playing overseas mm -hmm. and it can be really hard. So instead, you're just going to directly tell us how this game went. So talk about sort of... Um, when you actually got there and sort of how the, how your time there has gone in terms of the actual soccer. I'm as, I mean, I'm assuming they brought you in to start. So I'm sort of, I'm a, I'm building all of that in, but yeah. um, talk about how it's gone um, like on the actual field. Yeah. Um, so I had a over here in Iceland, when you arrive, you have to quarantine for um, five to six days. Um, so that was just a lot of individual training, um, when I could get out when nobody was around. So mm -hmm. after that, um, I mean, since I've been here, the team's been nothing but welcoming, super nice and helping me with the language barrier and that kind of thing. Um, do, do most of the folks, do most of the folks speak English as well as like Icelandic? Is it cause I, my assumption as a somewhat ignorant, uh, white midwestern american is that uh iceland most of those folks speak english but i, I could be super wrong on that no you're completely right so yeah. they all most of them speak it's their second language right so very lucky that way um so <laughs> right i just I, after my coach says a bunch of stuff i'm like what what was that <laughs> <laughs> you just ask a teammate you're like but was he talking about keepers or no yeah wait, was that important <laughs> right so, so you so you've been playing, so I'm assuming then you've been playing sort of from the beginning, but how many, so how many games have you been into and sort of what's, what's it been like for you sort of adjusting to that new league? Yeah. Um, so the game I just got back from was our first cup game. So our first official game. Um, and we had two games before that, the last two weekends, and those were like friendlies um, kind of thing. And 
yeah, so this was our first official cup game. We won 4-0, so that was great. Great results. 4-0, yeah, no big yeah. deal. Jeez. Yeah, no, but, it was it was a good game. So you so oh so what what's the season run in Iceland then? What's like the the actual official cup season? Does that run is it spring fall like sort of like the American NWSL season? Um so the cup that we're in now is more it's like a series and okay. so we, if you win you go you, and you play another game but like if you lose okay. you're out and then we start another um I can't remember how they explained it. Um yeah. I miss a little bit when our coach talks. Oh, that's that's um, okay. I, we will know anything you think you don't know enough. We know less. So just be confident perfect. and pre- pretend you know everything. Perfect. Um, and then we start another, I'll call it a series um, that's separate from the cup um, coming up next week, I believe. Okay. So, and, how, and how long have you actually been there? Been in town, like training with folks? Um, I want the first or second day of april so it's been about a month okay almost, almost a month i think yeah and what and was there was there anything when you started doing the actual individual training that sort of stuck out to you of like oh this is a lot different i mean you you weren't at like a a glitzy absurd over resource program but south to go to state is still like a pretty successful like d1 program was there what was the sort of transition for you of like and I guess you'd been out of it a little bit as well, but uh, were there any sort of big surprises for you in terms of, oh, this is what it's like to play in a, you know, random European like pro league? Um, yeah. So actually one of the things that they said, so I I have a pretty big goal kick. And so my assistant coach was like, is that just what your team does or does everybody do that? I was like, well, a lot of the times we take big goal kicks, but I mean, not everyone kicks it as far as I do. You were like, <laughs> you were like wait, how do I brag about this? I know. I was like, like how, do I, how do I word this? Like, You were like, well, other people try to do this, but yeah, I can actually yeah. kick it 80 yards. So. Yeah. And then so probably that's been one of the biggest things in um, my game for me is adjusting my goal kicks. So now it's literally I pass it to a girl in my box and mm. that's that's regular. That's, that's what all the teams do that we've played oh, against. Oh, like, you, cause you had such a leg that they would mm-hmm. sort of use you as a weapon in college, but mm-hmm. your team now plays out the back and you, you didn't do as much playing out the back. especially Heart- from like. And did yeah. you, and was that more of a set piece thing or all the time thing? Like, did you, you know what I mean? Like when, yeah. when you would get it, um, like, let's say Annie's playing outside back and she sends it back to you were you meant to sort of send it so that you could just like immediately start the attack or was it different for like a set piece goal kick versus, you know, like the possession? Mm -hmm. Um, It was, so it would also, it would vary game to game and here um, like if teams are high pressing, like still like my coach is like, definitely like, he's like, we want you to kick it. Like if it's like, no, like he's like, they like it. But like the game of the like the flow of the game here is just like way I don't want to say way different, but there's right. definitely like that difference. And like here it's more like ping, 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 ping. And I would say in the States right. it's more like either like a direct ball you're looking over or you're looking to switch it and then play kind of thing. Where like here it's a lot more like one touch ping, right. ping, ping, ping type of thing. And so right. like the goal kick that they have me do here, it totally makes sense for the style of play. And like the goal kicks that I did at state totally make sense for the American style play back home. 
Right, right, right. Where it's more, yeah, it's more possession based there, and it's, yeah. and, and I mean that that tension exists even amongst different college programs in the states mm -hmm. too. I think people people have a stereotype of sort of American soccer mm -hmm. players, and even um, probably especially men, but even even women, where it's like they expect you to come in and be a physical beast, like run fast, like mm -hmm. jump, jump high, like be strong. And they yeah. expect you to play like direct soccer 1.0. Yeah. Even in, even in like Minnesota or in the Midwest, I constantly talk to players where they're like, Oh, they recruited me because they said we wanted to play possession soccer, but then they actually play long ball and blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. But yeah. it's, do you also, because you have that long free kick, do you think they'll also let you do, um, a little bit of sort of the in your own half free kicks to sort of send it all the way in. And is that something you're used to doing? Like, did you, do you get to do the sort of 75% um, of the field free kicks? Do you get to try and send those into the box? And are you used to doing that? Uh, State had me do that. Um, yeah. But, and I actually was able, it's not technically my goal, but it's, it's my goal for everyone on the team. Um, against our USD, I was yeah. I scored a free kick at half, and I mean, granted, it was a very wait, windy you, day. Wait, you scored a free kick at half? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I took a free kick against our in-state rival in a conference game. Um, I took it at half. I kicked it, and one of the defenders headed it, and the wind just took it and scored. So technically, it was an own goal, but. That's we, like everyone knows that it was my goal. So. Well, that's going to be, well, tell you what you go for that Maggie, because <laughs> for folks like, obviously I cover the, the Gophers more than any individual team. And for folks who know, and Maggie, you're from, are you from Iowa? I forget. I'm from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Oh, South Dakota. Okay. But it doesn't matter. As I said to Annie, we're claiming you as a Minnesotan off of one summer playing for Mankato. I'm, I'm, claiming, I'm claiming you for the rest of your life as a Minnesotan, by the way. And the same with Delaney Stecker, who's from Nebraska, but plays for the Gophers. And she has a, a, a really nice left foot. And she's had a couple of just like dynamite free kicks this spring season that, that just ended. And it's that thing where Man, if someone has a lethal long free kick, it's just like that's immediately going to be fan favorite material. Like you are going to be so so, Maggie. If you score one of those goals, you have to find video. Like have someone in the. I don't know how the your games are broadcast. It's impossible for me to find, but you will find video. Annie, Annie, you are such a hero. You were previously at your team facility. I'm assuming then you sprinted home on your island. Uh, uh, hometown and you are now here so we will we will pivot back to you we are learning all about uh maggie's setup i think um in general so for way too much background i was trying for a really long time to get hugrin uh frederick's daughter who is a previous gopher player and a native icelander to be the fourth person on this show because he's actually icelandish she lent me her coat once She's a very cool, she's a very cool woman, but she lives in Denmark now. So it's an even additional time constraint. So Hugrin, if you're not watching or Hoogs, if for Gophers fans, uh, she's not on the show, but you are the, the spiritual center of this show for me. Um, she and Simone Kalander, a previous Gopher uh, star, played in the Iceland League a couple of years ago. And so I actually chatted with them during that time. And that's why I know about your island team, Annie. 
And they talked to that league is set up, I think, very similarly to a lot of other European leagues. For folks who have followed equal time soccer, a lot of the other sort of non-shiny leagues, like the non-England, non-Germany, non-France leagues, are very similar in the sense that teams have a mix of sort of really high quality academy and college age players who may or may not be paid at all. And then based on the league, either one to several teams decide they want to invest in quote unquote overseas talent. And so you two are sort of like the equivalent of a team saying, we're going to spend, like we're going to go for Champions League because if we make Champions League, we at least get a revenue split, which by the way, Champions League just changed how they do revenue split and it's way bigger and way better and phenomenal for the global game, but more on that later. But Iceland is a league like uh, like Serbia, Israel, Czech Republic, uh, even like Sweden, like all these other places where teams that want to be ambitious, like sign overseas players like U.S. players. So you two are the proof that your teams want to like, we want to win. And because teams do not always do that. And so talk about sort of when you heard from the team or from your um, from your agents, and Annie, you can start because Maggie and I have been chatting this time, but like Annie, you can start. Did your team specifically mention, I'm assuming they did, but did they mention like, we want to make a run for the Champions League spot and like sort of claim that because from most of these leagues, one team makes the Champions League. So was that explicitly sort of brought up or sort of what was the expectation of we're paying for overseas talent? Here's what we want. Yeah, I think that it wasn't something that was like explicitly said in the conversation, probably because I just didn't have that much time. But like you said, if a team, you know, is going to invest in like a foreign player and paying for housing, like whatever they have for you in your contract and paying Mm -hmm. for your visa, like Mm -hmm. you will probably be a 90 minute player if not almost, you know, like at least 75. Or you, or you better be. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I think, yeah, it's definitely like, yeah, they're investing in us and they, they're expecting us to perform um, and to do well and to be the best in our positions. Because if not, why would they spend the extra money when they right. could just have a local player, you know? Right, right. Well, and and for folks who haven't tuned in before, like I'm assuming we have a decent amount of new folks tuning in because you two are such like South Dakota State legends too. The <laughs> the um like the the rough structure is, you know, you're making some money per month and it's it's not ridiculous money, but it's at least some amount of money. But the way it makes it workable for players is usually at least teams will cover like your housing costs. And then if you get a decent deal or a really good deal, maybe they'll come cover some of your meals. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll cover some of your transportation stuff. Like, you know, even giving you like a bike if you have to bike to the stadium or like getting you a side job or some other stuff. So like that's the scale of sort of the financial situation we're talking about for leagues like this. And so for you, Annie, when you showed up, did you show up and was this team used to having overseas players or did you show up and they're like, you better play girl because like you're a big time overseas person. Um, I think that especially on my team, they're used to having, you know, like maybe six or seven new, new players a year because 
Um, from what I've heard, the rule here is that on in the Icelandic league, you can have as many players from the EU as you want on your team and probably oh, as right. you can for, but you can only have three players that um, are not from right. the EU. So, right. um, yeah, we have right now, we have a couple girls from Latvia, one from Germany, and three from the U.S., so it's almost like half the team right are like foreign girls and so i think that they're like in my club they're really used to like bringing in new people they're used to how it works how the system works i think whenever new people come in they're really expecting them to be difference makers yeah and so or at least that's the um right. that's what i got when you know when i first came in who are the other americans on the team where they or like what's their general sort of background like where they play um so one of my roommates her name's liana she's actually on the trinidad and tobago national team um she's an outside back she's very good she played at uconn and oh. then um my other roommate her name is db her name's delaney bay so we call her db um she played at santa clara and oh. she's half canadian i think she might be sometime soon making a run up to the canadian national team but they're both like really good, really solid players. You heard it, yeah. You heard it here first. Damn, can yeah, DB Santa Clara is legit. They're, like mm -hmm. California is nuts because it's so big, and so all these programs that aren't famous for other sports are insane for soccer. Mm -hmm. And so, like Santa Clara, any school, any D one school in California that you haven't heard of might actually be really, really, really good. Like yeah. they. They might actually have just a really dope women's soccer team. Like you don't know if you only follow other sports like basketball, football, hockey, whatever you follow, they might actually be really, really, really good at women's soccer. That's for for Gophers fans. Gophers, the Gophers have played random away games, non-conference in California before, where they lose a game, and someone's like, "I've never heard of Long Beach State," and it's like, "No, they're good." Or like Santa Clara, I think they've lost Santa Clara before, and it's like, "No." That's a real thing. Yeah. Um, so Maggie, how about you? Do you? Did the club you went to, were they sort of used to having overseas players or was it something that was sort of a, um, a choice that came up when you came over? Um, I think it's a little different than Annie's. Um, they've had international people before. So either last season or a couple of seasons ago, they had um, some Brazil players. Um, with my club, it's a little bit smaller than Annie's. So they really pride themselves on taking players up from their own academy. Right. Um, and so that they've been able to get really, really far um, with the players that are mostly from their own club. Um, but you do get players from loan or you trade or that kind of thing from other clubs um, around the Reykjavik area. Mm -hmm. But I, I would agree with Annie that like if, you, if you're an international player, like there's that expectation that you come in and you know you're you're playing the 90 minutes you're playing the extended uh you're making a difference you're one of the performers on the team um just because they're putting so much into you you know um, right they're providing well, you everything so especially especially a keeper they bring in like an american keeper like like the u.s is not soccer like the soccer capital of the world except the one thing the U.S. is known for is like producing badass keepers. So Maggie, did you come in? They expect you to be like Brianna Scurry, Hope Solo, like they want. They they were like, oh, she's gonna stop everything or else. Um, I I don't know if they're expecting Brianna Scurry, but there was definitely like um 
some fun when we, when we did shooting my first practice, I was able to join them. Um, there was already some fun, like back and forth going, um, to, for me stopping their shots and, um, getting to take some rips on from them kind of thing. Um, so it's just been a lot of fun to just jump in with them and, um, see even just like the couple weeks I've been able to practice with them and play. Um, you can see our relationship, um, grow and I'm the only American, I'm the only foreigner on the team right now. So it's a big learning curve. Thank God you're blonde and you don't like stick out so violently. Yeah. So, but it's awesome. It's great. That's great. Well, let's let's pivot a little bit and just talk about the towns you're living in. Maggie, you kind of mentioned Reykjavik. Annie, earlier on, you just like blew my mind and said you're playing on this absurd island team. We so this this we'll get we'll get back to the island. So first, Annie, talk about um, the town you're in and sort of um, and obviously you played in Costa Rica, so you've dealt with sort of a a non-American, non-South Dakota state. Uh, uh, like, you know, town to live in and community to live in. But talk about the town you're in and sort of what that's been like of just settling in and being like, yeah, I live in this community now. Because even only living in a place for four or five months, at least once you're there past a couple of weeks, you're like, oh, now I live here. I'm not visiting. Mm-hmm. I live here. So talk about the town you're in, Annie. Yeah, I think, honestly, when you're moving anywhere across the world, even across the country, you really have to be okay with being out of your comfort zone for like more periods of time than you're in your comfort zone. Um, So I would say like, it's the same story here. It's definitely a small island, super small population. Um, What's, and and tell us, and assume I know literally nothing because I don't, how small is small? I wanna say like three or 4,000 people. That's great. Well, and I grew up in a town of a thousand and went to school in a town of Mm 5,000, but those were not islands. And island small is different than uh, land small. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's like a beautiful little town. And uh, one of my favorite things about it is that it literally takes maybe five minutes to get anywhere. Right. I just went from our clubhouse to my house and it was, Maybe five minutes, you know. You're, notor- you're notoriously a strong sprinter, Annie. We know that. But what's the um what and what's the name of the town? Sorry if you said it already, but what's the name? Um, it's called Vespinair. Vespinair, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And and so for you living in that small town, so you, you grew up in Cottage Grove, which is basically mm-hmm. like an, an exurb, but definitely part of the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. And then you you went to SDSU, which is in actually like a decent sized, mid-sized Midwestern like metro area. Mm-hmm. But for you, was that like as small as you've ever felt in terms of like the, the community you're in? Absolutely. I think that, that, like you said, like being on an island is completely different because if you want to drive outside, you can obviously drive, but you have to put your car on the ferry and then the ferry takes it. And then once you get to the mainland, you can drive. Um, it's definitely you get the small town experience um, sometimes you feel like everyone is like related or at least knows each other yeah um, yeah but it's also like one of the benefits is that it's really 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 safe here yeah and I think that's absolutely amazing and I think Maggie could say the same thing about um, Reykjavik is that it's like super safe um, everyone has that just like friendly welcoming attitude like 
how can I help you? And I think that sometimes like we we are that in the Midwest, definitely, but right, right. it's like amazing. I love I absolutely love it. Right. Mag mm -hmm. Mag Maggie, how about you? It sounds like you're at least in the Reykjavik area, which obviously if people know one thing about Iceland other than volcanoes, they know about Reykjavik or they've transferred there when they go on some vacation to like Paris mm -hmm. or something. But um, talk about sort of your, uh, where you've settled in in terms of where you're living. Um, yeah, so I'm just right outside of Reykjavik. Um, I actually explain um, the the town Reykjavik, like Minneapolis. So right. I compare Reykjavik to Minneapolis and then all the suburbs around Minneapolis is like all the little small towns around Reykjavik. So I'm just in a suburb basically. Um, I'm right. probably like two minutes, three minutes away from downtown Reykjavik. Um, so I'm really close. Um, I live right across the street from my field, which is awesome. Um, Cause I walk everywhere. So that's nice. You're, um, Maggie, you are, you're going right. I mean, not a single fan of equal time or, or listener or viewer uh, lives the life I live, but you were going right for my soul saying you walk everywhere. I, I walk, I walk and bike everywhere. I walk constantly. You're like, you're trying to be my best friend right now and it's working. I love it. And you are succeeding. Sweet. Perfect. And then off of Annie's point, um, well, both of them, um, it is extremely safe here. And I bring it up to the team all the time. I'm like, I will walk to practice and I will see 30 unattended children on my way <laughs> across the street, I, I run, running around, taking the bus alone. And it's like a six-year-old taking the bus You're alone. Like, where are your parents? I know. And I ask I, my parents all the time. I'm like, where are these children's parents? I, and like, they, they just do that. That's just, that's just normal I, here. By the by the way, I also really, really love that Maggie, you're from you said South Dakota. Annie, you're from like a like a third ring exurb of the Twin Cities. And you and you both went to college in South Dakota and you're like, man, this is so safe. As if the places you lived before were like a crime. Yeah, safe. I, I live in Midway in St. Paul, which people think is dangerous, and it's the most boring, quiet place in the entire world. But I also really love that you guys are like, Iceland is so safe, as, as if the places you lived before were like an action movie. Yeah, no, it's 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 crazy. And like we like I'll bring up something that I see pop up on my phone happen in the news, like oh, like this happened again in America. There, they can tell me every detail of like the last murder that ever happened in Iceland. Right. Like they, they could give me the date, the time they found out, the name of the person, the name of the family, the name of the family's family, the car. I know the car I, of the person who murdered someone in Iceland because they all remember the color, the make, the model, because it just, it never happens. And I, so that was crazy to see all these unattended children running around <laughs> and like, you're gonna get kidnapped. And they're like, no. Like, Iceland, Iceland probably has really crazy stuff like healthcare, social supports, childcare, like really insane stuff that the rest of the world has where it's like, oh my God, children are just loose. And They're then loose. I, off of what Annie said too, like, like there's Midwest nice and then there's Iceland nice. Like it's... <laughs> I thought where we were, me and Annie came like Minnesota nice. Like right. I fully am on that ship. Like that is 
there's Minnesota is a different kind of nice. Iceland, like, Iceland. it's beyond, like, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. Like, don't be sorry. Like, we'll help you. I'm like, you're a stranger to me. And they're just so willing to help me with things that I don't understand. And I'm like, I, wow. You you heard it here first, Iceland. People people put Iceland on that pedestal. They're they're ready for Minnesota visitors to show you how to really be nice. I love it. Mm-hmm. And, and so, Annie, let's really dig into this island because the one thing I very, first of all, like have Maggie, I guess you're you're planning for that trip. Eventually, you'll take that away trip to that island location. Annie, the crazy thing is, I didn't know that you were playing on this island location, so I assumed we'd be asking you about going to there. But for you, I'm assuming then you're making trips. Every away trip is from so like the ferry trip you have to make first, and then the drive, but. I guess my main question is, why are we not doing this live chat from that ferry? So, Annie, that's on you. And also, what's it like for you, Annie? Have you done those away trips yet? Or are you like Maggie, where you've been there a little bit, but not quite having to do those trips? And sort of how does that play into your... I'm assuming you all have never done a ferry trip for your road trips before playing for South Dakota State. So... Talk about that process of sort of every trip for you, Annie, as as if you're playing for the University of Hawaii and like flying and going to the mainland. Mm -hmm. Honestly, at the beginning, I was like so confused. I was honestly so confused. I'm like, how do we get from this island? Because I ended up flying. I didn't take the ferry there and I ended up flying. I was like, okay, so how are we getting to all of our games? Oh, so you oh you flew into Reykjavik and then transferred to your little island? Yeah, I did my quarantine in Reykjavik, and then I went to the airport in the um, the small airport in Reykjavik, and then I flew to Vestmere. was your my plan? quarantine was over? But was your plane to your little island like a Cessna, like I've flown with my grandpa to go fishing in rural Canada, or was it like a big plane? It was pretty small. I wouldn't say it was big at all. There were probably two seats on one side, one side, one seat on the other side. Okay. okay. Maybe well, like that's, well, that's a real thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So basically, I've done the trip. I want to say like four or five times now. We've had a good amount of practice games, um, all in or in or around. Um, Reykjavik so basically from the island it really depends on the weather how long the ferry is usually it's only 30 minutes um, which is great so you go 30 minutes and then it's around two hours to get to Reykjavik and that's where like everything is so it can be a short trip um, but when the weather's bad and um, it's like really wavy and just the sea is kind of unmanageable um, we have to take a different route and that one's three hours. And I, I actually have to take that twice now. So what? there's the three hour boat and then the 30 minute boat. The 30 minute boat is almost manageable for everyone. And then the three hour one is we would not play a game the same day as taking the three hour ferry. 
But and but what's your strategy? Ever anytime you walk onto the ferry, are you like are you ebooked up? Are you podcasted up? Are you like what are you downloaded movie from iTunes up? Like what's your strategy when you have to step foot on? Because do you know beforehand or not? Um, yeah, so you know which way it's gonna be beforehand. Um when whenever we take the three hour ferry, we get little like um cabins and then we get basically our own bed. Oh my god, wait a second. Andy, you are I that it wait a second. Now you are trying to get me hooked because I'm obsessed with train culture and I love taking the train and then I get a little train cabin. You both have clearly strategized to try and sell me on Iceland. You guys are like, no, it's great. This this urbanist weird bro is going to be into this. He can get a little fairy cabin and walk around Reykjavik. You, you guys are clearly gaming it. That's, yeah. I mean, it is nice to know ahead of time. That does make it a lot better. I will also say, at least, I think these are from Facebook. We do get comments as they come in, and I will only list them because they are all so overflowingly positive about you two. From Rustin Luke Tech, just like Maggie and Annie, miss you guys. There's like 12 exclamation points combined in that message. <laughs> Carly Donovan, Four heart eyes emojis. And then Joy Clifford, great to see you, Annie. And then again, like one million exclamation points. So you you two are beloved, obviously. And so we have we've already kept you a really long time, but next, just break down for us sort of um for folks who haven't followed sort of the overseas players we've talked to before, usually the contract range from, you know four or five months to maybe eight months. And it's a lot of the times, if it's a champions league strategy, you're there through the qualification period, or you're there during the champions league period. And those might be shorter or they try and do a longer contract and get you for both. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of assuming maybe these are shorter, but for you to sort of, um, and we can start with you, Maggie, what's the sort of how long will you actually be in Iceland? And then for you, what are your next plans? Is it just sort of wait for the summer transfer window? We sort of kind of hinted earlier about the January winter transfer window. But for you, sort of how long are you going to be in Iceland? And then what's your next plan for um, just staying sharp and or waiting for your next uh, opportunity? Yeah. Um, so I signed for um, September, October. Um, our season is oh. slated to finish in September. Um, and I think that also varies depending on COVID because we just got off the pause. Um, and if any of our games are derailed, um, anything like that. So depending on when our season ends. Um, so they have me contracted till October, September, that time frame. Um, and um, after um, I would still obviously train um, – Hopefully uh, everything goes good with Groda. We move up um, and they like me and I can stay, um, but uh, keep training, that kind of thing. Um, I love it here. It's so beautiful. It's, it's awesome here. Um, but yeah, so. That's great. I yeah. love Well, and staying through the fall, I, I tell people all the time, like I there's plenty of like Minnesota connected players who play overseas in, similar leagues to Iceland and the whole trade-off is 
whether you want to do the short contract versus long. And part of it is players feel sort of like they want to do short so they can get back home and see people. And obviously that's the thing. But I think the benefit of the long contract is you get to feel more like you're there. And maybe some of the homesickness also sort of reduces because it's like, I'm not visiting and missing people. I live here now mm -hmm. and, and I settle in. And so I can get more comfortable and be like even more competitive. So it's like the trade-offs are on both sides, but I actually think the long contract um, like through the summer into the, and Iceland is unique in that they're playing the season like through the spring. Some, a lot of the other ones use the European calendar, mm -hmm. but I still think the trade-off is the same. And so I, I'm actually really curious, like Rashida Beal is playing in Romania and doing the long contract all the way through the fall. And it's, I actually think even though people don't instinctually think, oh, I'd love to live in a place I don't know anyone else for longer. I think it might be easier because then you're committing and then you choose to make new friends and like settle in and like, I miss people, but I also now at least build friendships so that I have connections here too. It's like, it goes both ways. Annie, yeah. for you, for you, what's the setup like? Um, my contract is set to end around the same like time as Maggie. So I'll be here through the fall. I mean, future plans having plans just like doesn't really work out for me. Like things just happen. And so I just kind of have some options and I'm gonna just see what I can do here and yeah. take everything from this experience because I know that even if I don't get the opportunity to play soccer again, like every experience that I've had, amazing. You know, what it take back. And so obviously I would love to keep playing and getting better and I would love to see myself um, moving up, getting better, um, seeing the results of my play and um, in that way. But at the same time, like, I'm just trying to focus on now because I know that so many of us um, athletes, especially during COVID, we were like, we didn't know everything's so unsure. And so the idea that I think a lot of us or most of us have in our mind is that this is our time you know no plans no nothing for the future we'll think about that then but like what a beautiful time to play the game right you know what I mean it's just like it's honestly giving me a whole new outlook on you know my plans and what I want for the future is just like right now is amazing and I'm really happy to be a professional athlete like super happy so wow. yeah we'll see where it goes from there oh my gosh annie that last 60 seconds was like borderline a movie speech i'm like i'm almost <laughs> i'm almost goose bumping up i you two first well first of all even before you made that very well stated statement i was gonna say you two are you two are my personal heroes any anyone who's played soccer at any level and and thought about mm -hmm. um the next level I think is really jealous and um, really excited for you two of just how far can your can your game go? What opportunities can you find? And it's it's not always about. Um, I actually think both of you are good enough to also be like very much legitimately like at the very least 
like back-end NWSL players. I mean, both of you have the juice to pull that off, but people focus so much on that level of play that they really lose focus on the ability to do anything other than that. And you are doing such a good job of showcasing what other opportunities to see the world, experience new cultures, and grow your game of like playing in a different league and seeing like Maggie and I talked about when Annie was sprinting from her uh, team headquarters to her residence, the like talking about what I'm used to doing, what I'm great at and learning how to be uh, something different than that and growing my game is such a big adjustment thing. But I think you both going through that is so, so, so cool. Um, and so thank you both for joining us, Maggie Smither, Annie Williams, you both have been so great. I think I probably pitched this as a 30-minute show, and now we're very quickly approaching an hour. And by the way, they are five hours ahead of us, so I'm keeping them awake even though they need to rest. They are professional athletes, ladies and gentlemen. So Maggie, Annie, we will continue following you, especially because you're there through the fall. And I will find some way somehow to like share links or, or stats from your games because I'm so excited to be an Iceland uh, women's soccer super fan now. So thanks so much for Maggie and Annie. And any other, let folks know if you want to share sort of how they can follow you or follow the team. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's not exactly easy. So the clubs also don't make it easy for you two to share. But if there's anything of your personal handles or the team handles you want to share on social, uh, feel free to share now. Annie, do you want to go first? I don't remember my social handles. Okay. My, <laughs> um, my team, um, we do a pretty good job on our Instagram, especially for game days, um, of keeping people up to date on halftime, um, full-time scores, and that's uh, Grata Sport, and that's on Instagram. Um, and, we'll yeah, the website hard the websites are hard over here i don't know about I, any but a lot of the clubs here have handball and other sports yeah so the websites get really confusing really fast i can say too i'll throw i'll i'll message maggie and Annie separately from this and i'll throw it in the the post we put on the website so there's a link collection thing but um it's even good to know they do even instagram updates and uh and and we obviously will share the link to annie's instagram page because annie is like uh the if anyone wants to see stories of Annie like jumping on like a a inflatable, I don't know how to describe it, like a poof where Annie is jumping in the air, <laughs> like with the energy of a child, but the athletic ability of a grown woman. That's that's like a great snapshot of Annie's uh, Insta. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it happens here. It happens. We're just having fun. <laughs> right. Well, this is great. Thanks so much. I will stop rambling. Um, this is a great show. I appreciate you both being willing to join um, and everyone enjoy their Friday. Um, and then I just want to say, like you said before, thank you for welcoming me in the Minnesota family. Um, and that wouldn't have happened without Mankato, WPSL and the Ludkeys right. for housing me that summer. So I'm happy to be a part of the equal time Minnesota well Family. And, we will, and we will Mankato. Mankato does such a good job of it, of working with local businesses, working with local media. The WPSL is a grind. Every team that does it is a grind. It is. It can be really tough. Mankato, I think, in the Upper Midwest, does one of the best jobs of sort of 
quote unquote, professionalizing that environment. They, they find local businesses, they find local media. Um, they really work their asses off, I, I will say that. And so, as you said, Maggie, credit to them um, and we'll continue covering them at equal time. So uh, thanks so much, everybody and enjoy the rest of your, your night. Thank you. Thank you.